And uh, this morning, I want to draw your attention to uh, a couple of things. The big idea this morning that we're going to take a look at is two gospel truths uh, regarding God's approval rating. Christians can be confident in so that in what Jesus Christ has done grows. So that probably went by you a little fast. I'll say it again. This morning, we're going to take a look at two gospel truths regarding God's approval rating for Christians that can be confident in, so that faith in what Jesus Christ has done can grow. Well, we take a look at the reading here that we read through. We see that uh, we come into the scene in Antioch where there's a ministry of the gospel taking place. And uh, if you look at Antioch on the map, um, you'll find that uh, Paul uh, had been there many times, uh, specifically Peter as well. And uh, we've got to kind of look back at Peter's life a little bit. We see that Peter had a, uh, an awesome connection with the work of what Jesus Christ was doing in his life. And uh, he was one that uh, was told by Jesus himself that, uh, hey, Peter, I know that you're confident that you're not going to deny me uh, when, I, when I go to Jerusalem. But in fact, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And it happened. Or we remember the scene with Peter on the beach with Jesus, and Jesus is cooking breakfast, and, and uh, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Of course I do. Peter, do you love me? Of course I do. And he asked again, Peter, do you love me? So we find Peter shows up a lot, and uh, later on, in, uh, as the church is going and, and uh, the gospel's going out, we also see that Peter um, has a vision from God about uh, four-legged creatures on a, uh, a sheet or a blanket coming, and that was a representation that God is at work building and creating a multi-ethnic family. So as the gospel goes out, it's not only just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles too. And so that means that, eat up, Peter, you can eat whatever you want. I have made it good. And so, therefore, the Gentiles as well is that we can associate with the Gentiles. We can eat. We can gather. We can meet. We can share the gospel. We don't have to be separate because God is about developing a multi-ethnic family and how beautiful it is the gospel goes out. But the problem, there's a problem, and I love how God puts together a story. There's always a situation, the setting, the place, but then there's a problem. There's always kind of a situation, a crisis that has taken place. So even in one point in the gospel story where Peter um, was being used by God to share the gospel to the Gentiles, um, we found that in Acts uh, chapter uh, 11 that the circumcised party shows up in there's another name for these guys. They're called Judaizers. The circumcised party were so focused on making sure that even Christian Jews, they still had to practice dietary purification, eat the right kind of food, and practice circumcision as well. They didn't get the idea that Jesus Christ was enough. As the gospel would go out, there wasn't a trust that Jesus Christ's death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection was enough. So therefore, there didn't have to be a separation of, of what you eat and, and who you hang out with. But the circumcision party was still 
acting as they were before Christ's death on the cross. So in Acts chapter 11, uh, Peter had the opportunity to share the gospel of what Jesus Christ was doing and how God gave him the vision saying that he's going to bring this family together and the gospel's going to go out and there's going to be salvation that's going to come a different way. An interesting, uh, an interest fact about this is that the uh, circumcision party at that time believed and said, God be the glory for now is the time for the Gentiles to have salvation. Another time in Antioch, as we get to the passage here that you'll uh, see that we've read before, is that he is pressured again by this group, the circumcision party. And this time, he gives in to the pressure. I'm not quite sure what's happened here. I'm not sure how much time has passed between the last uh, amazing event that God was doing. But this time, this party pressed in. It is evident in the passage that we just read that Peter gave in to the pressure. This time he gives in to the pressure and snubs the gospel truth and allows them to influence a false gospel of justification by respecting food laws and to be circumcised. And all this to be justified by the approval of humans. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe there was a moment in Peter that he recognized that, man, there's still just got to be maybe something more. Maybe Jesus and what he has displayed and shared and as I witnessed and saw and interacted with is maybe not enough. That's what self-justification does to people. It motivates people to seek out approval from people. In verse 13 there it says, the separation from the gospel truth comes with a cost. And the rest of the Jews and Barnabas was led by the influence of Peter, the circumcision party, to hypocrisy. That's what justification does when it's done through the self. When there's that feeling to be approved by others or even by yourself, it causes catastrophic things to happen. In this situation, uh, Gentiles were circumcised. Uh, in this situation, Barnabas was led by their influence. So what about you and me? Are we justifying sin and brokenness by the approval of good behavior and others? Think about that. We can look at Peter and go, come on, man, get with it. Snap out of it. What were you thinking? You had Jesus right in front of you. You saw him die. You denied him. Holy Spirit shows up, starts a church. You are the church. Is it possible that you could go there too? What about you and me? Are we justifying sin and brokenness by the approval of good behavior in others? Well, Paul doesn't hesitate. As soon as he gets the Antioch, he goes right to Peter. Paul opposes Peter and confronts and prevents Peter from continuing in this false gospel. In front of everyone, he rebukes him. But Peter was demonstrating Jesus Christ is not enough. 
But notice, Paul uses the gospel truth to rebuke Peter. I love that about Paul. Paul goes right to the gospel. Paul, when you read his letters, you'll always see he goes right back to the gospel to remind people of what is really happening here, what God is doing, and who we are as people, and how Jesus Christ is the answer, and how we see people respond with faith and repentance. So instead of Paul getting frustrated and mad, I'm sure he was, because this is pretty catastrophic. He rebukes him with the gospel. Paul reminds Peter that Jesus Christ is all we need. And what he did on the cross satisfies God's approval for us. Did you hear that this morning? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, God looks at those who are in Christ and he approves. He sees Christ. He sees Jesus, he sees renewed. I love that. Brand new. And God is satisfied with that. Here's a quote out of the Gospel Transformation Bible. I'm going to stop there for a minute. But if you're looking for a really good resource to use in your Bible reading, I would recommend this Bible. It's called the Gospel Transformation Bible. The reason why I like this one because it has some footnotes in it. And as you're going through the Old Testament, as you're going through the Old Testament and just reading through it, you're going to find how God has put together the Old Testament. You're going to find a messianic theme, meaning you're going to find Jesus Christ in there. But let me tell you, unless you're a really good Bible student and really good scholar, sometimes it's really hard to find because you've got to dig in a little bit. So these scholars, these Bible uh, uh, professionals, I would say, have taken time to dive in and find the gospel redeeming story even through the Old Testament. It's really rich. For example, for Paul, the gospel is not only something for Christians to pass on to non-Christians, it is also the daily bread for Christians themselves to feed on. Peter evidently had forgotten that he had already been justified by grace of Jesus Christ. And was seeking to be justified. Look at verse 14. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force Gentiles to live like Jews? This is hypocrisy. This is separating what the gospel word is. And how it becomes our daily bread. Think about that. If you've been in church for a long time, like I have, most of my life I've been in church. And I remember hearing about the gospel. And it was communicated differently in different ways. And as a child, I remember responding to the times in VBS who would say, you know, do you want to go to heaven? I'm like, yes. And then they're like, why would you want to go to heaven? I don't know. And they would talk about how in heaven there's going to be this banquet and there's going to be food. And they used the words watermelon and they had me at watermelon. <laughs> and they said at the end of their presentation to come forward and to, to pray. And I remember doing that many times over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't until later 
that in middle school, I really saw Jesus Christ for who he was. Not for something that I can just get, but because of what he's done for me. Because of what he did on the cross, he stayed on the cross. He took the punishment of the cross for my messed up sinful life. And that's what Paul is getting to with Peter is that remember, you can't separate. The gospel is not just some word that goes out. It's not just good news that goes out. It is what the Christian believer depends upon for nutrients and life in every situation in every hour. Go, Paul. <laughs> he always gets back to this. So, as an illustration of how this shows up in my life, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a plumber. My wife's sitting here going, oh, no, he's going to tell this story. It just came to me this morning. I was trying to think about a situation where I just wanted approval. And this is probably the best story in our marriage, that when we were engaged, it was my turn to go and meet all of her friends in Indiana, Kokomo, Indiana, and we went out there, and it's just a natural thing that comes over us. Approval, that approval thing kind of really gets you all excited. There's adrenaline, and, and there's a need to, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to show these people um, that, you know, she's in good hands. She's going to be taken care of. She's with the right person. And I just have this natural thing that I do, and I try to jump into something that I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if anybody can relate that way. Maybe it's just me. But there was a faucet in the kitchen of uh, the place that we're uh, at, one of her friends. And um, it had just one of those single kind of handle ones. It's not like the two knobs, but the single one. And then every time you use it, it'd pop off. I'm like, I got this. This is all I need to do. It's, there's just like a little Allen wrench kind of thing in there, you know, a little screw in there. I'll just kind of tighten it down and it won't come off. Well, that didn't seem to fix it. There was something else internal inside the main part. So I'm like, well, I'm going to see what's in here a little bit further. Take it off. And as soon as I'm diving in a little bit more, Lorna goes, should we turn off the water main? No, 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 no. And then, and then her friend, too, I think we should probably turn off the water main. No, 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 no. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to I'm just quickly move this one part and kind of connect it, and we should be able to do that without any problem. So I start going into it, moving things around. <laughs> now we have a geyser. We have water screaming up to the ceiling. <laughs> and I'm like, no! And it's, remember, it's hot and cold, so... The hot part's burning, too. And I'm holding my hand over the thing, keeping the water to run into the sink. And they're looking at me, oh, the looks, the looks. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And then it's an older house, probably built in 1920s. And you would think that the valves underneath the uh, sink were right there. They weren't. So one valve ran all the way out to this uh, utility room. We were able to shut that off. And then they couldn't find the other one, and then her friend was like, well, maybe it's under the house. I think I remember seeing a valve under the house. So the crawl space in these old homes were right in the living room. 
And so they opened up the crawl space. They went in underneath and dug around and tried to find something, and, and uh, they really couldn't. And then, and then now they're coming out of that, and you're just seeing the mess. I mean, they look like they came out of a tomb, you know, just dust and, and the looks on their face again. I'm in trouble. So uh, finally got another valve to shut, and it got it down to like a little, you know, just trickling out a little bit, and it's still running, and her friend calls a plumber, and, and then uh, we tried to go out to the water main, but in Indiana, for some reason, they locked their covers, you know. Here, we can just open up our water main and turn it on and off, but there's an actual special bolt or something like that. And then uh, they put the, uh, close up the crawl space opening, but it was late at night, and they didn't want to hammer the nails down because the, uh, the baby was sleeping upstairs. So her husband comes back, and he works late. He's a nurse. And uh, comes back, and he didn't realize the crawl space was open, let alone a nail sticking up. And it's dark, and his foot comes across the nail and rips open his foot, and now they're at the ER. This is horrible. Meanwhile, uh, all before that, Lauren had made a pizza, homemade pizza that I've asked for, and I didn't eat it because I was a wreck. Lauren tells me, I'm staying at another house, Lauren tells me what happened, that her husband went to the ER, and I'm like, we got to get out of here. (laughs) And she almost got out of there without me. We got on the plane, and she had a lengthy note for me to read as she was sitting next to me. What am I married? I mean, I mean, it was just, what am I married? Things have had, have to, I mean, the engagement was on the line. And I share the story with you because that's what happens with the approval thing. It makes us crazy. <laughs> and they still approved. We got home. Things had to change. So do not ask me to help you with your plumbing. (laughs) As we continue on, we look at chapter 2, 15 through 21. We go into the gospel. Paul goes into the gospel. He goes diving into the purpose of this. Starting off with God and his sovereignty and design, the process of justification to be received through faith in Jesus Christ. We look at verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, we also have, been, uh, have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of law, but because the works of the law, no one will be justified. Look at that. No one will be justified based upon the law. God, from the beginning of time, in his sovereignty, knew exactly what he was doing. There was never a time when Adam and Eve, when they took the fruit and rebelled against God and opened all generations to sin and brokenness, he never went to the point of, oh no, what are we going to do? He already had a plan. Even before mankind, in his sovereignty, that the ultimate salvation that the fix, the redeemer, the one that will fix all things has to be Jesus Christ, not by works. Also found in chapter 3, reading ahead, if you go to chapter 3, verse 8. And scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, 
preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you, you all shall be nations. You will be blessed. God loves the multi-ethnic family from the beginning of time. First for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. Why did God in his sovereignty design these laws then? Why did we have the Ten Commandments? Why did we have the purifications? Why did they have to eat certain foods? Why did the Jewish men have to be circumcised? Why did they have to have sacrifices, sacrifice animals, and have a priest take uh, the, the blood and the separation of the meat and the fats and go through this whole process? Why all these things? To show people that he is holy. And we are dirty, rotten sinners. That's why it was there. And we need to be rescued from his wrath by someone who is perfect. And I'll get to that in a minute in this gospel story. But think about that. It's because he is so holy. He is so powerful in his holiness. As I tell students and children to help them try to understand this holiness and this, and this power, it's almost like... Um, the, uh, the Bible Project, they have this great uh, video on, if you were on a, a tour of the sun, <laughs> that's even possible. You're in your space shuttle, and as you get closer to the sun, what do you think is going to happen to you? You're going to get zapped. And that is God in his holiness. He is so pure that sin cannot exist around him. It will be zapped. So therefore, we have his laws, his love, his truth to reveal who we really are so that we see that we need a Savior. So as we continue the gospel story, we have people then. They have a sinful nature focused on changing behavior because of their sin, because of their guilt and their shame. I find it interesting when you look at Adam, as soon as his eyes were open to uh, sin, what did he do? What was his first thing that he did? What's that? Yeah, he did that and he also hid. And we do that with our guilt and our shame. We hide. Because of that approval, again. Look at verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. God can't pardon with works. There needs to be a death. So let's take a look at this justification really quickly and find out what that really, really means. Justification, God's pardon, accepts and declares a sinner to be just. I love that. Which results in God's approval and peace. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that we are pardoned and that we are approved by him. People are found to be sinners and transgressors. Look at 17 through 18. We too are Jews, and we are found to be sinners. I prove myself to be a transgressor. The result of this sin is overwhelming feeling of guilt and shame. Have you thought about how you handle guilt and shame from the acts of sin? How do you find peace from the haunting and nagging parts of guilt and shame? How do you find rest? 
how do you find peace? Jesus Christ is the answer. This is good news. Boys and girls, listening in, this is good news. People are not justified by works or trying to change their behavior or, or try to hide from God, but they are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the outflow of this faith, this belief, this is how it works. And I've done this with our boys, so I'm going to put my boys on the spot a little bit. But when they were younger, we would probably we'd go out and do this challenge thing, and it's called the trust fall. And we'd find some kind of a high point, and they would stand and put their arms out, and they had to completely fall into my arms and trust that their dad would catch them. Well, here's the challenge. As they got older and a little bit bigger, we tried to go a little bit higher. I don't think we do it anymore, though. I don't know if I can catch you. And uh, that's what it is. It's a complete trust of faith, of falling into the rest of Jesus Christ, believing that he is enough, that he satisfies, and because of the work that he's done on the cross, he brings God the approval. God is, approves of us. God is committed to my dying every day. He calls me to that same commitment. A writer of a book called Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent, he says, when my flesh yearns for something that is prohibited, I must die. When I wish to be selfish and serve no one, I must die. When wanting to cling to wrong things against me, I must die. When keeping sin secrets, I must die. What needs to die in you this morning? Do you believe that Jesus Christ can handle it all? Do you need the approval of the self or others? What needs to die? And what I mean by what needs to die, especially clarification for children, is that you are naturally born selfish. Is it any wonder you're wondering, where does this stuff come from? My mom and dad always tell me, uh, respect, love, be kind, say please and thank you. But boy, there's something inside of me that just wants to be rotten, rebellious. I want to do my own thing. That's what I mean by that has to die. Because that's what was crucified to the cross. Two gospel truths regarding God's approval rating. Christians can be confident in so that faith in what Jesus Christ has done grows. Your faith will grow. We're going to have Seth come up here and uh, as we prepare and worship and song again as we uh, head out. We have to respond to this. There's, there's two ways that you're going to respond to the gospel. You're either going to continue to rebel and go, you know what, Jeff, that, that is, that's, yeah, you know, that's good news. But man, I think, I think I still got this. Hey, I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, I thought that many times. In fact, even still at times as a believer in Christ. There's times where it's like, God, are you sure about this? It just seems like it could probably do a little bit better. Ooh, that's horrible. We can't do it better. There's not enough good behavior that's going to change. 
There's not enough approval ratings from others that's going to change. What changes is that, that, that you are approved by God through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is good news. Can I hear an amen on that? I mean, that is good news. Let's say that together. Amen. Yeah, I mean, that is wonderful. So you're either going to rebel against or you're going to believe through faith and repentance. 